is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. There's something happens when you call his name in faith. Devils tremble. Deliverance comes. Healing comes. Salvation comes. When you call his name, come on somebody, shout it from your heart. If you believe in that name, I'm still sick today. That's okay. Did he ever heal your body when the name was called? The power ain't in the preacher. The power ain't in you. The power's in the name. The enemy don't like people expressing the name by faith. They want it just to be a common name. Jesus. Oh, but it's too late. Because there's a group of people under the sound of my voice today. And you spoke that name in faith. The darkness was trying to close in around your mind. And you said, Jesus, in your name. And the darkness began to go back. Cancer was taken over in the body. In the name of Jesus. And then cancer cells started drying up. High blood pressure started going in the name of Jesus and that blood pressure came down. Fever was in the body. In the name of Jesus and the fever left the body. I say again, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's no other name. No other name. No other name. I thank God for the beautiful revelation of the name of Jesus what that name represents to you and I. That's why I say we're the most blessed people on the planet that we've got that revelation. What do you say? We teach that to people all around this world. God bless you, Sunday school. You're dismissed. His name is going to sweep this country one more time. There's been so many people questioning it. The revelation of that name, the scripture says, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. No matter how much it's opposed, it can't stop the revelation of who God is. And the name been revealed. I thank God for it. Remember today again the bake sale for the youth trip. Raising money for that. As soon as service is over, don't forget. Run out quickly. Let's help our youth go on their youth trip here in a couple of weeks. If you got your Bibles, Genesis chapter 48. Genesis chapter 48. I want to start with verse 6. 
48 and 6. And thy issue which thou begettest after them shall be thine, and shalt be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. As for me, when I came out of Panan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan, in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come to Erath. I buried her there in the way of Erath, the same as Bethlehem. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. And said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath shewed me also thy seed. Joseph brought them out from between his knees. He bowed himself with his face to the earth. Joseph took, Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand, toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hand wittingly. For Manasseh was the firstborn. He blessed Joseph, said, Before whom fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life unto this day. Skip down to verse 17. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. And, Je and his father refused. He said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a great people. He shall be great. But truly the younger shall be greater than he. And his seed shall become a multitude of nations. I want to preach to you here this morning from this simple, simple thought. The greatest miracle is in the crossover. The greatest miracle is in the crossover. Just lift your hands and let's ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, speak to our hearts. Let it not just be a sermon. Let it be a message as you have intended to the hearts of your people. God, I ask you today, help us strengthen today through your word. We ask you in the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Let me, let me jump quickly into this and then I'll come back to uh, pretext before. The setting is now uh, Joseph coming to Jacob. And Joseph brings his two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. And if you see the picture, this is what I want you to see. Let me see, Brother Fontenot. 
I'm going to give you an illustration so everybody's on the same page before I go any further. Because if you miss this, you're going to miss the whole message. Joseph comes to Jacob. And Joseph comes with his, on the right hand of Joseph, he comes with Manasseh. Manasseh's the oldest on the right hand of Joseph. Or I'm sorry, on the left hand of Joseph. Because he's going to the right hand of his father. His intention was, was to bring the two boys together. To bring Manasseh the firstborn on the left hand of Joseph to, Isaac, or to Jacob. That Jacob would extend his right hand to the son of Joseph Manasseh. And then the next would be on the right hand of Joseph would be Ephraim. The youngest would then come before Jacob and his left hand would be extended. And as Joseph brought the two boys to his father, Joseph having that understanding that the right hand is the hand of blessing, the right hand goes to the older, Joseph followed tradition. And he brought him. But when he brought the two boys at that moment, the father did something that shocked Joseph. The father took his hand and crossed over and took the other and crossed over and took the right hand and put it on the younger. He violated, thank you Brother Fontenot, he violated in Joseph's understanding tradition. This isn't the first time that this has happened, that God has reversed order birth orders are taken a birth order and rose up the younger before. He did it before with Abel. He's done it with Isaac. He's done it with Jacob. He's done it with Joseph. And now he's doing it with Ephraim. I wrote them down. I didn't want to forget. I Abel was done. Cain was forgotten about. Isaac Ishmael was forgotten about. These are all firstborns that were not part of the process. Because there's something about God in His dealing with humanity and man. That God is not subject to your principles. He's not subject to your tradition. He's not subject to your way of life and the way you think things should run. He's subject to one thing. He said, I counsel with my own will. It's my will, number one, and my purpose. And sometimes God does things that don't make sense to you and I, but his will will be accomplished. Jacob, coming to the close of his life, there's a lesson with Jacob here as he's learned so much from what God has done with him. You see it coming to fruition at the end of his life. Jacob, the one that deceived his father. Him taking the blessing from Esau. There's always been this jockeying and fighting for wanting to have position in the family. You see, family troubles, nothing new. People being jealous within the family is nothing new. Fighting within families is nothing new. Jacob and Esau had the same problem. They were fighting for the position. One just wanted it more than the other. 
And many times in me and you're living for God, it's not that God plays favorites in the reversing of some of these hierarchies. It's God respecting the hunger that's in individuals that he wants to bestow his blessing on. God's not looking for your preeminence or your statue in a community. God's looking for your hunger. I'll tell you now from the very beginning of this message, blessing comes to the hungry. It doesn't come to the satisfied. Favor only comes to those that are desperate for more of God not to those that are satisfied with the traditional mindset Jacob in his deception with Esau and what he did to his own brother no doubt that through the years he learned that that wasn't the mode of operation to get the blessing of God Many people in their understanding and lack of understanding of God think that you've got to manipulate things to get God's attention. You don't manipulate things to get God's attention. You get God's attention by submission and obedience to the will of God. You get God's attention when you come to him and you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's how you begin to get God's attention. You're not going to get it by how much money you got in the bank or how much money you don't have in the bank. You're going to get his attention because you've surrendered in your heart. And Jacob learned, I think, a lesson or two. And now his life's coming to a close. He's sitting on the edge of the bed waiting on Joshua or Joseph to bring the boys forward. But notice what he does before. As a good father, he reminds Joseph of the promises. Verses 4, 5. He reminds Joseph. Joseph, listen to me. I came out of Canaan. This is where, where we are now is not where we are going to stay there's a promise that God gave you and I. Isn't it, isn't it ironic how sometimes we forget what God's promised to you and I? How, how so quickly removed we are from when God first said it to the time that we actually see the closeness of that thing coming to pass. I, I've looked at my own things that God has shared with me in promises. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But I look sometimes over my shoulder and I look at how far I've waned in holding on to the promise. My disbelief and unbelief sometimes begins to take over in my thinking. And what we learn from the old elder is, is if God ever said something's going to happen, then it doesn't matter what man has done. It doesn't matter what nations have done. I still say America may be in a fix right now, but we're still standing at the threshold of the greatest revival that America has ever seen. think well this has got to happen before God can do the miracle this has got to happen before God can do this this has got to take place before God can do this I'm telling somebody right now from the very beginning I'm still in the beginning God don't have to do what you think he's got to do God can do whatever he wants to do 
in a heartbeat. You could wake up tomorrow morning and that heart that's been bound by alcohol could have changed by in the morning. By one prayer you pray right now. By one prayer or praise you give him right now. By one act of submission right now. The problem is trying to get somebody to submit. The problem is trying to get somebody to not be distracted by things around you but focus on what the main thing is. It's the miracle. It's my son and daughter being filled with the Holy Ghost and living for God. There's nothing else that matters. See, we've gotten traditionally stuck. We sit on the same pew. We do the same thing. We don't change anything. We got some people still praying the same way they prayed when they were seven. Prayer ain't changed. Worship ain't changed. Location ain't changed. But we got a scriptural text here saying things change. And if things change, my prayer better change. What are you saying, Brother Benmo? You're saying I'm doing something. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is this. If my understanding of God does not grow, my prayer reflects my understanding of growing in God. The more I pray, the more I spend time with him, the more I learn him, the more my prayer begins to change. You don't mechanically change your prayer. You just spend more time with him in prayer. And the more I learn him, the more I'm able to deal with the changes that are going on around me. You want me to tell you how to handle stress and fear? Get on your knees in prayer. And you're going to see a miracle in the cross over from the natural to the supernatural. Here's our problem. I watched it at store conference. We don't pray, Brother Charlie. We don't pray. Or if we do pray, it's, Jesus, I love you. Thank you, Lord. You're good, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And it's the same thing over and over. When there's something God's got for you and I that's far more greater. There's a greater understanding of who he is that he wants to impart to you and I. There's something more that he's wanting to share with us to understand. See, we come to God with prerequisites. We come to God with presumptions. We come to God saying, God, this has got to happen before you can do the miracle. Jacob, you learned a lesson here. God's in complete charge. And it don't matter how many mess ups. It don't matter where you messed up. It don't matter how you got preconceived ideas. If you can somehow bring yourself back to obedience in him God can do a miracle that will bless your family for days to come see but Jacob you had to learn this Jacob said you need to remember the promise don't, don't forget this Joseph you know what he was trying to tell Joseph Joseph you've been eating big in Pharaoh's house you've been the big tall hog of the trough You've been the one eating all this good food because you've been in a high place. And Jacob was reminding jo Joseph, Joseph, let me tell you, this ain't our home. Our home is in Canaan. And we're going back home to Canaan one day. And I need to make sure that you understand this. Don't you get too comfortable where you are. God's trying to tell the church again. Don't you and I get comfortable where we are. Don't get on a dime this world can change. I've used the analogy before. And I'm going to keep using it. On a dime the National Guard could step in and declare martial law. And everything could change. 
robots could show up and start taking over. Things are changing so fast. What we thought we'd never see, we're seeing. What we thought we'd never hear of, we're hearing. What we never thought could take place is taking place. And all of this is happening for one reason. Because God's trying to show people in the church and out of the church. Don't get too comfortable here. There's a promise over yonder for you and I. There's a promise that God's given you and I. There's something more to life than hierarchy. There's something more to life than money and power. There's something more to life than just having a house and a car. There's a relationship that God wants to have with you and I. Reminds him, he says, listen to me, this is the promise, we're going home, we're going to Canaan, don't you get comfortable in this place, don't you think you're going to set up roots here in this place, because I got somewhere I intended for my people to dwell in and to be, and he says, okay, I never thought the day would come that I get to see your boys. Your seed. Now, kind of strange. He's half blind. He ain't seeing nothing but images. He said, it's so beautiful that I get to see the generational passing. He said, bring me. Bring me your boys. And Joseph brings the two boys. And here's what what I, I saw so clear, brother. Smith, for me, even me, I saw Joseph brings the boys so structurally and so methodically. Stand up, Tyler, stand right there. He brings the boys like tradition has always taught him to do. You take the boy, that's the oldest, and the right hand of the father is going to be placed on the head of that oldest, conferring the blessing, the family blessing. Now, now the deep thing on this whole thing, they changed everything. They took place. The whole tribal order changed. But for today, let's just keep it real simple. You got a daddy with two boys that walks to the brink of a miracle with a preconceived idea of how he thinks it's going to happen. And you and I come to church today with preconceived ideas. See, we don't even understand it, but our own filter of the past is intimidating our faith. Our own filter of past hurts is causing our faith to tremble, to not step out and to move. It's safer to just follow traditional protocols. It's safer to kind of just kind of go through the motion and just kind of be denominational. Sit down, kneel down, sit down, kneel down, stand up, sit down. And we just kind of go through the motion. Come through the door, sit down. Sing a song, stand up. Done with the song, sit down. Hear a rat eat nice like right now. So quiet. Because our faith is kind of just saying, I need something more 
I need something more from God. I'm tired of just doing the same thing and it's not changing my situation. My kid's not getting no closer to God. My family's not getting no closer to God. I'm not getting the revelation from the things of God. I'm not understand. I'm not getting more understanding from the word of God. I'm tired of the, and our faith is doing this. But come on, you got to take a step because you see, there's a crossover that's about to happen that you're not expecting. There's a move from the natural to the supernatural that you're not expecting. There's a miracle in your family that God's fixing to move you from the natural to the supernatural that you're not expecting. What do you say I throw aside my preconceived ideas? What do you say I throw aside what... I'm going to say it to apostolic visitors. I say this to our established saints of God. Me and you, Sister Peggy. Tradition is destroying our faith. Because we've been in Pentecost for so long. And we've just expected. I'm going to say it again. God's not going to heal everybody. Every backslider is not coming home. Say, well, man, you just went negative. No, it's the truth. Do I believe for every backslider? Yes. Do I believe for every physical healing? Yes. But what am I going to do in the meanwhile? Because here's where God's taking the church right now. We're at the threshold of crossover in the church. And God's wanting to do something that we don't expect and we've never seen before. I say it again. If you got cancer in your body, if you got heart problems, God could give you a brand new heart. God could give you a brand new liver today. Despite what the, what, what's happened yesterday. Despite for those that, that, that didn't get their miracle. I feel that old unbelief again saying, well, God didn't do it for Bobby. God didn't do it for Sally. God let them end up in a divorce. It don't matter. God is still God of the family. And he's God of that body. And God can still do anything if you and I will let him. And we're at the brink of crossover. But here's where we are, Brother Bushnell. Do I go or do I not go? Do I move or do I not move? Do I follow protocol or do I go beyond what's protocol? Do I praise him when everything in me is saying no? Do I lift my hands when everything's saying don't? Do I, do I pray fervently when everything is saying don't? Do I become faithful to the house of God when everything's saying don't? Do I read my Bible when everything in me is saying I don't? See, protocol for the world is you don't need to read that word that much. You don't need to read the word of God. That's not. You don't need. See, protocol, tradition says don't read it. Let the preacher interpret it. That's what my mom, mom, isn't that what the priest told you? He said, don't read the word of God. That's for me to interpret. You just do what I tell you to do. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you, read the word of God. Study the word of God. Get in the word of God. Because it's in the word of God that you and I are going to find our victory, our liberty, our deliverance. The word of God is me and your help in a present time of trouble. Jesus ain't going to show up in the flesh, but he'll show up. He'll show up, Brother Langley. He'll show up 
when you and I think he's a million miles away when I open that word and begin to read him brother brother Roger because you see in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God when you and I begin to read the word of God with an honest heart and an open heart you're, you're debunking traditional mindsets and said well that's just for the preacher that's just for the priest or that's just for the Baptist minister no 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 the word of God is for everybody that has breath in their body and if you and I will read it God will speak to us speak to us but tradition says no that's too hard of a book to read I'm not smart enough for that you don't have to be smart to read the word of God I ain't the sharpest crayon either but I read it Hey, you know what he does, Brother Joe? He opens things up to me that I didn't have no Bible education. I didn't have no daddy teach me that word of God. I had to get in that book and begin to read it and study it and begin to look at it. Not because I was a preacher. That was before I ever went to a pulpit. I studied it. Why? Because it's the revelation of who God is. The more I read it, the more I understand who he is. The more I study it, the more I can understand how to please him. The more I read it, I can learn how to have a relationship with him and not a tradition mindset and Joseph because of preconceived ideas set the boys and this old daddy blind or eyesight dimming just a peggy he does Like he's playing Twister or something. What you doing? What you doing, man? And you know what the Bible says about Joseph, Brother Ken? The Bible says Joseph was displeased with his daddy, Luke. He was mad. The Bible talks about the word displeased means breaking down. He was just beside himself, Micah. What are you thinking? Do you see how much the enemy don't want you to cross from the natural to the supernatural? See, because the natural likes to control it. The natural likes to control everything. In the natural, we can control things. You as a father of your home, you can control it. As a mother of the home, you can control things in your house. That's natural. But what do you do, Brother Roger? When my natural ability to keep order and control in the home don't work no more. And we're facing a generation now of young people and parents and families. That natural, you can't just tell your kid, you can. Don't you do that no more. And now, you know what they're going to do? They're going to just look at you like you lost your mind. And they're going to probably do it anyhow. Because we're in an hour where... Just the mindset of tradition and just going through the motions and doing it because that's what I'm supposed to do is what we've all been programmed to do. 
And God's trying to move this church in this last hour into a place of crossover. A place where the miraculous power of God works on a day-to-day basis. What are you talking about? I'm reaching for some elders right now that can remember the time under some of them brush arbors when you were just a kid. And that preacher got to preaching. And blinded eyes were open. And deaf ears were unstopped. And people came in in wheelchairs. And they were miraculously healed. God has not changed. People have changed. God still the same healer that he was 50, 60, 70 years ago as he is today. He ain't changed, brother Ken. And Joseph gets so upset and mad. What are you doing, Jacob? What are you doing to my sons? Do you know what I've had to do to fight for my kids. I'm living in Egypt. Joseph raised them boys in Egypt. Like me and you raising kids now in this world. It's Egypt concepts, Egypt principles. Live how you want, act how you want. It don't, folks, they're blowing things up on the subways in New York, shooting people. When are we going to come to a realization how much we need God and not just some tradition God. We need the supernatural God of Israel to move in our behalf and speak to his people. They're shooting people. You know the news. You see it. And here's Joseph with his kids he raised in Egypt, Micah, in the world. Everything he put in. Many of them say that Ephraim was the younger. But here's what they say. Kyle, that Ephraim studied the God of Joseph more. And Manasseh was more caught up in the government and learning his dad's trades. And we've raised a group of kids and generation now that's more interested in learning. I'm sorry. Dad, you had a great business. Did great. But I'm more interested in learning how you serve God than how you dealt with people in your business to become a CEO. We're more interested in trying to teach them how to do things that have no eternal significance instead of teaching them how to pray. Teaching them how to fast, by example. Teaching them how to read the Word of God. And when they have a question about the Word of God, they come to a daddy and say, Dad, how do I understand this Word? I don't know what it means. Teach it to me. And Many of the Jewish rabbis say it's Ephraim's study of the Torah that calls something But I can go back and look at Abel and Cain. What made Abel the prized possession over Cain? Cain had an issue. Cain wanted to kill his brother. Cain never knew how to get a hold of his anger. He never knew how to get a hold of his emotions. And because Cain did not do it right, but Abel did. Bible said Cain offered a sacrifice that wasn't right. Abel offered a sacrifice that was right. And the first church war started in Genesis 5. 
Well, I do better than you. I do way better than you. I'm smarter than you. I sing better than you. I preach better than you. But yet you get elevated and I don't. So the best thing I can do right now is assassinate his character and kill him. But y'all know what Brother Smith does behind closed doors? He really smoking and y'all don't even know it. He's vaping. Now shh, don't tell nobody because I don't want that to get out. You know, I don't want to hurt Brother Smith. Bless your pee-picking heart. No. It's a war because my, your sacrifice was better than my sacrifice. And God says, I tell you what, to that one that will turn their heart to me and have right sacrifice, have right praise, have right worship, have right thanksgiving, have right faithfulness, have right obedience, have right submission. To that one that will turn his heart to me, I tell you what, I'll accept his sacrifice. I'll put the favor of God on him. But to that one that don't, now it's going to change and God begins to reverse the order. And here's Joseph, and I'm closing. Musicians, y'all get ready. Come, Sister Lisa, Sister Ashley. He puts the boys, and the daddy does not do what he felt. Because tradition says it goes to Manasseh. He's the oldest Brother Bush, now I watch, just in my mind, all through the night last night, I'm going through it. And it's like the Lord, I felt, just kind of nudge me and say this. Ephraim means God has made me fruitful or made me fruitful in a land of toiling. In other words, in hard work and everything I'm having to fight for, God still made me fruitful in a barren land. God can make you fruitful even through you going through a storm or a trouble or a problem that's not conducive to living for God. You can still be fruitful. Manasseh means for God's caused me to forget my trouble. And I felt the Lord just kind of nudge me, Brother Tyler, and say this. God's more interested in you becoming fruitful in trouble than he is you to forget the trouble. God's more interested in when you're going through trouble and problems and storms. Can you still lift your hands and say, God is good and God is faithful and God is mighty and God is on my side and doubt's not going to take me away but my faith is going to come out of the shadows and I'm going to swing again and I'm going to believe again. My sons are coming. My family's coming. My community's coming. The struggle is crossing over when it don't make sense. I've seen this with people, and I'm closing for real. I've seen people in services similar to this today. God saying, I want to save you. I want to fix you. I want to help your mind. I want to do this. I want to do that. And God offers it to people. But the struggle I have, the battle. Is taking my natural thought processes. I can't get over what my daddy did to me. I can't get over what my family did to me. They abandoned me. They rejected me. I can't get over what sister so-and-so did to me. 
I know kids right now, they're going through so much stuff because their mama beat the snot out of them. And then we come to church and just lift our hands and act all spiritual. And those kids are dealing with the, the, the hurt in their spirit life. Because they look over their shoulder and they see mom with their hands lifted up when she was a drill sergeant in the house. Those dishes are not clean. And that's okay in correcting, but it wasn't in love. Because you see, that very mama, she was beat by her mom and daddy. And the generational cycle repeated itself. I'm trying to break something in Indian Village that goes a hundred years back. And my body's paying for it, I promise you. And all I'm trying to do is encourage somebody here today that if you'd let God do the crossover, I don't care what your last name is. I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't. And God don't either. But here's what he does care about. He's trying to move on your backslidden family right now. They're right now at home going, I should have went to church today. But they're battling in addiction. They're battling in things. And God's looking at this church and people sitting on the pew today saying, I want to do a crossover. I want to do something you've never seen before. And all I need you to do is be in agreement. Let me do what I've decided to do. Let me break your traditional mindset. Let me break what you think is the way it's got to happen. Let go of the past. Let go of the hurt. Let go. Mike, how many times have we been done wrong? Come on, me and you from the world. And I was young. You old. You like that. Y'all old. Y'all had y'all share of bumps. And how many times... You and Archie got in a pickle. Y'all didn't know if y'all were going to get out of there. I knew Archie. Let me tell you what, oh, Archie could fight now. But God saw fit to get you here. You know why you're here? Because you made a choice to let God cross you over. Pentecost don't make no sense. Getting the Holy Ghost. I sat on a pew and I thought, it's the, them Pentecostals are nuttier than a fruitcake, man. I'll be honest, I thought it was crazy. My old Aunt Betty, she's up there, bless her, ever-loving heart. Sorry, Dad. She, come on, baby, come pray. I'm like, no. And I'd sit there. She'll be, I ain't going to pray. You know what God was trying to do? See, because in my mind, I thought I was okay. I thought I was all right. You know what? God's not coming today. Come on, man. I got to hit 18 because if I hit 18, I'm free as a bird. I can do it. See, tradition, mindsets, filters of the past. And God saying, I'm ready to cross over. There's a revival that God wants to do in this end time. And it don't matter. You can be, I, I really believe with all my heart, Brother Bush now, God's going to start filling people in all denominations with the Holy Ghost. I believe that there's going to be people in other denominations as with Pentecost, that us together, 
they're going to get a revelation of Jesus' name baptism and the essentials of Jesus' name baptism. You know why? Because God's fixing to do a crossover. He's fixing a crossover to national lines. He's fixing a crossover traditional lines. He's fixing a hear me. He's fixing a crossover family lines. If he can just find somebody that's willing to let him cross over. Stand with me. God cross over you'll see the greatest miracle your family has ever seen if you'll just let God cross over let him cross over let him move in your life today like he's never moved before say what do you mean brother well, I don't feel nothing moving right now I'm just kind of watching the clock I'm kind of ready to go home it's about 11 o'clock I can make roids before the other religions get there and I'll, I'll, I'll be good. I'll get a good seat. Here's what I'm asking you in the next few minutes. Do what you've never done before. God, I need this crossover in my family. My family's suffering. If Jesus came today, this will help somebody in the crossover. If Jesus came today, is everybody in your family that you want to go with you if me and you make it are they ready to go if your answer is no let that be your motivating factor for the crossover I need a miracle you've tried to reach them for 20 years and they haven't changed you're trying to talk to them and don't change all these other things and, and you're getting help it's not changing them What's it going to do to change them? It's in the crossover. That when I back off of my presupposed ideas and just let God do what he wants to do, let him have his way, you're going to see the greatest miracle that you and I have ever seen. I say again, you ain't got building big enough in Indian Village for the people that God wants to bring to this assembly. They ain't got buildings big enough down the road or in other, other communities big enough to build for what God wants to bring. Why? Because we're at the last hour and God's going to do a change up that you and I have not even expected and planned for. But it's going to bring our family and our homes back together. Lift your hands right now. Come on, I feel the ministering spirit of the Holy Ghost today. Your past, let God change it over. Come on, let him do a crossover miracle. Let him do something we've never let him do. You say, Brother Benoit, I go to the front. I lift my hands. Then maybe it'll be tomorrow in your prayer. Pray like you've never prayed before. Call on his name like you've never prayed before. Go back in the woods and call on his name like you've never done before. And watch God begin to move. I feel miracles in this building today for family members. Come on, lift your hands with me. Let's all come to the front together as a family. I feel miracles in this building today. I feel the strength of the Holy Ghost in this building. I feel the help of God today. The Word's going to come fresher to you than ever before. When you read it tomorrow, it's going to be different. you got to pick up faith and believe this is the hour. This is the moment. This is the crossover. 
and I'm fixing to see the greatest miracle I've ever seen. God's going to defy tradition if he can find a people that would let him defy it. Joseph could have fought him. Joseph, he did. He took his hand and tried to move it. And the daddy said, no, you got to let me make this crossover. Come on, lift your hands right now all across this building as we worship together as a family. Come on. There's miracles here today. There's miracles here today for somebody. Lift your voice right now. Come on, you can't fix your mental anguish. Somebody hear me. You cannot fix it. You can take all the drugs you want. You need a miracle, a crossover. That's the only thing going to touch the mind in this hour. That's why it's getting so worse. Because sin is getting worse. Sin has brought this on the people. spirit right now there's a crossover there's miracles here today you need a healing in your body lift your hands Jesus if you need a healing in your family Jesus I submit to you 